Extreme Rewind begins just after this. The early 1990s was a great time to be a child. Remember the feeling when you were young, running through the aisle of your local toy store, or wishing for that present under the tree? That feeling is no longer in the past with the unofficial wrestling figure retrospective. It was a period of change for the WWF and also for the figures. Back when everyone was a superstar and became names you'd remember almost 30 years later. So read the book before it pins you one, two, three. We are back. We are back with your Extreme Review. Your weekly look into the world of Extreme from episode one all the way to episode 401 my 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 extreme rewinds how you doing jay i'm doing all right it's uh it's been a big week we've had um rumbles and surprises and all sorts of shenanigans oh modern day Um, shenanigans yeah nice that's been nice um, then we had to knit back to 96 we do and see see what was going going on there Was it July? We're still in July, aren't we? Uh, July. Um, yeah, July. So okay. we start from the 23rd of July, then the 30th of July. Then we dive into August the 6th and the 13th. End up in Japan somehow. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get there. From episode 170 all the way to... 173. So that's pretty um pretty good. It's been it's a wild it's sort of yeah, we'll get into it, I guess. A yeah, lot, there's there's a lots. lot happens and nothing happens, all in the same. It's kind We're of moving closer to where we think we are and stay exactly the same place all at the same time. Exactly. Um so let's start off back in the 23rd of July, episode 170. It starts off a promo by Raven with Tyler and Laurie Fullington. What do you think about this? Um, I thought it was fine. I, I, I mean, it's, um, it's the stuff we've seen a million times, and it's really weird to watch it play out in real time. Um, it still feels quite edgy to me. In a lot of ways, um, it still feels quite uh, interesting the way that it's done. It, it still feels there's, there's so much of what we've seen that doesn't stay as as revolutionary as it was. Yeah, this, um, exactly. I mean, not to cut you off, but for example, if if someone like Bray Wyatt with the Fiend did a thing where he took like Lana instead of the whole Lashley thing or um, Maurice with a yep. bit on a different one. Do you know what I mean, it's one of those angles there. It's not OTT, but it's something that would still gauge a fantastic reaction and um, would be quite powerful even in the modern day, I feel. Yes, I agree. I, I think it's still a story that resonates very uh very very well and very very closely um and you know bray white could do that with uh daniel bryan who has uh just a 
announced that he is to be a father for the second time. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, uh, just it's a great angle. I mean, obviously, it, it's hard to dive in and talk to because it, it happens so much involved over the next four episodes that you kind of like if you chat about it all now, you forget you've covered the four weeks worth. Yeah, if that makes sense. Apart from apart from Japan, yeah, apart from Japan, but Japan's Japan. Yes. Um, so yes, that happened. We then led into, um, well, the main event, I guess. <laughs> the the episode. The match. Um, a fatal four-way for the ECW World Television title. There's been a massive build for this. Very similar feud to what they're doing with the tag team titles. Yeah. It's very yeah. similar. But because they seem to be running them almost separate weeks, you, you don't like notice. Obviously, noticing a lot more in the sense of the way we're covering it. But on the, the other show, with a week in between... It's kind of weird how it's structured because there's not a lot of chat of other titles. It's almost like one week is dedicated to the world title, one week is dedicated to the TV title, world one week is dedicated to the tag team titles. Yeah, and you, and um, you don't know what week you're going to get. My there, there's a bleed across between um, the the world and the tag that agreed. Uh, yeah, I've been struggling with because of the styles of matches and yeah that kind of knock down drag out blah 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 and then the fourth match that's in there in the mix is um uh dream and uh, brian lee as well kind yep. of bouncing around um which obviously overlaps with the main event uh with the with the heavyweight championship match and the tag team championship match because of raven and the bruce brothers um but this one being more technical more more of that workhorse style that you and i have kind of talked about and uh, eulogised about for, for so long. Um, it's what the show needs because yeah. you, you can't appreciate one with the other. Like in, in the sense that if every show was just complete 100% workhorse style, it, it, yep. again, every match becomes a similar. If everything's just you know high spot, high spot, it all becomes a similar. There needs to be the balance of the show to one, for you to understand the characters and two, to make the show a more sort of rounded show. Absolutely. And I mean, you do become desensitized to the, the, the blood and guts matches because it's, it's kind of the same and the same, and the same to the point where we're noticing, you know, loops and tricks and, and, you know, familiar, familiar bits over and over again. So um, I think it was well needed to have, you know, a very long technical match, um, uh, and yeah, I thought it was a good, uh, you know, good story that's been building with this. I, I the inconsistency of it is there for me still. Um, with you know the franchise being a little bit uh, disingenuous and overzealous with it, but yeah. um, you know, I would I would have liked him to want to get the belt back just because he doesn't want to lose it rather than because he's now got this thing about the belt. And that's, that he, that's the, um, exactly. That's the thing. He needs to become like so obsessed with it. And it's, like, it's weird how it's, it's come about. It's just sort of been sort of brushed past the piece. Cause obviously he wanted nothing to do with it. Too cold challenged him. Yep. And suddenly now he's obsessed with this belt. And I thought too cold was gone. 
So yeah, and I, I don't know whether he's gone after this, but I mean, it's, it's it's obsessed with it after he, you know, the match with Pip with um, Pitbull. Yeah, he he's throwing the belt around, and you know, he's spitting on it, and he's chucking it around, and he doesn't care, and blah blah blah. And yeah. then him losing kind of makes him completely 180 on that belt and go, you know, go really kind of crazy for it. Um, and I think that's it. It's, it's that kind of, you know, you, it would have been better for me if it was wanting to get back because of the embarrassment of Pitbull beating him rather yeah. than it should, it, the, the championship. Almost, exactly. You're more expected to be, I'm a top heavyweight contender stuck in this TV division I've beat the whole beat every challenger in one night yep. to show how insignificant this belt and this division is and someone beat him from that division and it should become the obsession is well no this isn't a competitive division I will win this belt back and prove again that I, you know I, I thought that would be I'm still too big yeah. for this division but one of you should never beat me, you know, because you'll never the, be in my caliber. We won't ever have a world title match together, but I have a world yeah. title match. That's the, what the, I felt the like. The win, my 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 win loss record, the 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 bragging rights that you've you've beaten me, and that's in the record books, is more important to me than the the belt. And the fact that I get the belt by setting this right is just you know a bonus. But actually, it's all about kind of you know my reputation is more important to me than this shitty title. Yeah, and that would have been a nice sort of thing. And it's, again, it's, it's something that, that WWE could do in, in the future, a similar angle. You could have a heavyweight player drop by, win a belt they don't necessarily like the IC title or something, not interest, but come obsessed because they lose to someone they shouldn't have. And the chase becomes, you know... That sort of yeah. I mean, it'd work again. It would, it's an angle I think would work today. So yeah, with the right people, I think it definitely could. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Shane Douglas picked up the win, but I guess that's not the major talking point. Um, yeah. So for me, the major talking point is um, uh, the power couple finally comes together. Exactly. Um, the thing he walked out of this ring with more important than the TV title is Francine. Yeah, the head cheerleader. Um, not sure she's been named that yet, but um, it has it has emerged the, the partnership and her right partnership. She's been you know lost in the shuffle with the pit bulls, where you know they tease dropping her for Jason multiple times, and you know everyone just seems to be beating the crap out of her. So it's yep. it's it's nice that she can just sort of separate and become like a heel manager. So this is obviously, you know, it's hard to really sort of talk because everyone knows it pans out, but yeah, it's good. Yeah. um, And it's funny because it is a turn that you do kind of understand because of exactly, as you said, you know, that she has just been beaten the shit out of by everyone got beaten up by, um, the pit bulls themselves a couple of weeks before, where you know the clothesline missed and they got hit. Um, so as as kind of the the the, the beast master, as she started being called, 
Um, yeah, just just made sense for her, her to to go and change. Um, and knowing what we now get, uh, and and watching that evolution of um, of the uh, the franchise character is is really exciting. Yeah, massively, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much the end of the show. It is. So, moving on to the 30th of July, 1996, episode 171. The show kicks off with Taz, uh, with Bill Alfonso. They fire Joey Styles. They hire Joe Gertner. Got to say, this is the first time where I felt a little bit of Gertner being Gertner. Yeah, we've seen him. We've we've heard kind of the voice and stuff, but it, this it is... Felt, it felt the, the stud muffin tone. It was different. It, wasn't yes. just, it felt the there, and I just thought, there he is. He's, he's emerging. Might be a couple of years, but it's, it's there. So that yes. was quite good. Um, and yes, 911 basically makes a return. I guess he's... Yep. Um, was he? We obviously haven't checked. I'm guessing he was away being Tombstone or whoever it was briefly. I the Big Al. Yeah, I think it was Tombstone. It was Tombstone because well, he was trying to be Probably just a changed character of weeks. There's no one really. Like he said, he's he just became an average size person who couldn't work as soon as he left yeah. CW. As harsh as that sounds. So, um, you know, it, it was one of those kind of, it was, I think it may have been the very first real sign of um, the magic that Heyman does compared to others uh, when this monster who'd been destroying people for years, for two odd years, uh, left and wasn't able to translate and wasn't the big guy or the, the imposing guy or the enforcing guy or any of that it was just kind of one of those things so um yeah really really interesting to see him back really interesting to see um ecw continue to absolutely punish people who who dare walk away yeah agreed i thought exactly the same um obviously shane douglas we spoke about him having to clearly build his way back up previously and I felt 911 got exactly the same treatment. He sort of emerged and was choked out and nothing like the dominant force that he was. No, so he runs in, he hits the choke slam on Taz, uh, which, you know, for years has been absolutely all that uh, has been written. Yep. Um, and Taz jumps up. That's it. So and that's the end of it. That's it, then. Um... Yeah, choked him out. So, fair enough. We then went to ECW fan cam footage of what would have been a match between Raven and JT Smith. Um, I feel bad for you because this has to be one of your dream matches as a journalist. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's just one of them, isn't it? Um, it's your boy versus your boy. I mean... Yeah, I mean, he, JT Smith is someone who I, I picked as star all the way back in Eastern. Can we say, um, as, as people that are often spoken about um, extreme originals and all this, 
JT Smith is massively overlooked as someone that should be in this conversation continually. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. he's on, I'm pretty sure he wrestles or is at least with the FBI and barely legal. I think so, so yeah. So he's on the show. I don't know when he fades out, but, but wow. You know, from the um, from the Dark Patriot stuff and yeah. obviously getting thrown off the scaffold, all the other bits he's done. I mean, he was like the the Mike Awesome spot where he's like his back snaps in half and Yeah. And um, then also the you know, again, and I know it's one of the things I keep bringing up, but that head trainer of the ECW school before Taz and uh gang take over, training the lights of uh, uh Francine. Um, as they come through. That's what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, I might try and hunt him down. Is he on social media anywhere? Do you know what's going on with J.T. Smith nowadays? I don't. I don't know if... if Good willing, he's all right. I checked. Yeah. No, I'm sure he's all right. I mean, he um, he was at uh, the um, One Night Stand all those years ago as well. He came out with the FBI. Yep, agreed. And he was probably at the extreme... Um, Reunions as well. It's just at the time. So, is at the time? I, I get it because I didn't really come in until we'll get onto it. About October '96 was the first sort of episode that we start to see, like as in on a weekly basis in the UK. But we'll get to that when we get to it. But um, yeah, it was hard because we're already, even though we're seeing episode '96 it still would have been like 98, isn't it? Because we were years behind. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, we'll get to that. That'll be a fun week. When we so, uh, JT Smith retired on September 19th, 1998 at Ultra Clash. Um, so he looks as if... Um, Turned back to a fan favourite due to being kicked out of his only created at FBI by Little Guido. Entered a, a feud with the FBI. Um, yeah, his last televised match. His, his, so he's with ECW right the way up until September 1998. Um, when he retired. He's now an instructional support technologist at Community College in Virginia. Tremendous. Uh, he appeared I mean, in... That's, like, that's the longest serving Yeah. ECW. I mean, people can say Sam, but he fucked off to WCW for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to your point, he um, was in the Hardcore Homecoming match. He was in Hardcore Homing on June the 10th, uh, where he accompanied Tracy Smothers to ringside for his match with Blue Meanie. And yep. enabled Smothers to get the win when he struck Meanie with a pair of brass knucks. And then at ECW one night stand, um, Smith and every several other FBI members accompanied Guido to the ringside when he faced Super Crazy and Tajiri. Which is crazy because I've seen all these shows. Yeah. And, and yeah, wouldn't have been able to spot him. Wouldn't have been able to tell you who he was. Mental. And um, Absolutely mental. JT Smith... Uh, reckons that he had between 10 and 16 concussions during his wrestling time. That's being um, generous. 
some of the stuff I, was alone yeah. Devon the Devon debut alone was probably about four of them um, and he debuted for Eastern Championship Wrestling February 25th 1992 I mean come on pound for pound who can top that yeah like he is like Mr. ECW I mean obviously you have your names flown around because they have you know quote unquote bigger stars come out of there but yeah, this this guy's like he he's the journey. You know, a little bit more research into this guy. See what we can find. He won my heart back. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically the dream match never happens. Um, I think what, was that Sal Graziani there as well. It was. Yep, big Un- Sal. Big Sal's back unexplained. Um, Sam N comes out, canes everyone. Um, stops when obviously Ravens in the corner with um Tyler and everyone beats him up and that's the end of that. Pretty much. We then get um Lewis Piccoli's debut against old Pablo. The match was a little bit pointless in my opinion. Yeah, um... obviously coming in after his Rad Radford, or was he? Or did he go to be Rad Radford? I don't know. Because the way they were talking is like we should know who he was. They've always done that. For me, that's always been the thing with ECW is for some reason, Luis Piccoli in ECW um, is a big deal. Yeah, I I don't know if it was like a, whether he legit was at the time, whether it was like a double bluff. So you had to pretend like you knew he was to avoid being stupid or whether it was after he'd been Rad Radford and he'd just come in. So it's like, you know who he is. Uh, it's so, after Rad Radford. Oh, there you go then. Um, he'd done his angle with the Body Donners, wanting to join um, and uh, becoming a Body Donner in training. I remember that. Um, so in 1996, Piccoli was found unconscious by a neighbour after overdosing on somas and suffering a seizure. He was in ICU for several days making a recovery. Um, and the WWF released him accordingly. So he then went to ECW. Yeah. Um, Best place to go. Your issues. Uh, he left the company on bad terms after Heyman discovers he leaves on bad terms after Heyman discovers he'd been co- covertly negotiating with both WCW and WWF. And his continued drug abuse was seen as an embarrassment. Um, and then in late 97, he uh, joins WCW. Yeah, he went with uh, Scott Hall, didn't he? I don't know if he's ever officially in NWO, but he was with sort of Scott Hall. Yeah, they, they say he's the lackey of his friend, NWO member Scott Hall. They don't actually go as far as calling him Scott Hall. And do you know what the nickname he gave himself in WCW was? No. He was the real innovator as a mock to Tommy Dreamer. He must have left on bad terms then. Which is funny because Dreamer, probably to this day, continues to do this Piccoli driver. Yeah. Unless it wasn't. Maybe it was a nod to him or something. I used to have an idea. Crazy, but yeah, so that match against um, Pablo was pointless. 
And what even more what was more pointless was the match that followed. So Sabu coming out again, continuing with his he can compete, can't compete because he's got a broken neck, but no one actually takes him to the hospital despite everyone pretending to care about him. Um, came out and this match happened. Standard Sabu match, very entertaining, not disputing that, but Spicoli lost again. So, great debut. Well done. You've lost. Yeah. Now, uh, so... I have issues uh, with this. Um, that's probably not going to be a surprise. Issue number one is the reason why you've got this weird El Puerto Ricano match is because um, Sabu, who was, he was meant to be facing, wasn't available because he got taken because he wasn't medically cleared, blah, 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 blah. Only for Sabu to then run out, which is just a pointless bait and switch in a, in a promo, in a, in a company that that you know, we hold up to our things and blah blah blah. It's a pointless bait and switch. Um, secondly, you then have Sabu run out and do this match, and it's again fairly pointless match. Um, and then they do this match, and they go straight to the respect angle. Mm. which, you know, Sabu's gimmick and Shane Douglas's gimmick and a few other people's gimmick seems to be, but God damn it, kid, you gave me a hell of a match and I respect you. Which is so weird because that's almost everything anti what Sabu was. He was the wild guy who came and beat the shit out of everyone and left. And what made the Rob Van Dam thing so important was because he earned the respect of Sabu, which was Hard unheard to. of. Yeah, exactly. Except it was, it's not. It was breaking character. So that one situation, mate, right, so if I let my guard down, I respect you for the first time I've ever done it, and you basically told me to fucking stick myself. So it made it much more powerful. But like I said, doing it every week. Same with Shane Douglas, like, you know saying about Axel Rotten is a hell of a challenger and then you don't see him again until this week. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is the thing. It's just this weird kind of, I don't understand why this is a thing because there's nothing that says this should be a thing. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just the weirdest, weirdest setup. Yes. Yeah, so as much as there are some, you know, great stories going on. There's also some undercurrent ones which were almost obvious for them to jump on and they kind of didn't. Yeah, I just undermined. I, I feel that, you know, again, and we've talked about this at length over the last few weeks, um, just someone to kind of be a little bit defensive of some of this, protective of some of this. Um, you know, let them... You know, no, that's 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 their thing. That's what they're doing. You leave that alone. Uh, that sort of thing. Just just someone to kind of pull back ever so slightly and kind of have that like, well, you, you know, no, you can't have a stretcher spot because we're building to a stretcher match. Therefore, stretchers are them. No, you can't have a a a, a, um, a, a respect angle because they're in the middle of a respect angle. So you having a respect angle as well doesn't really work exactly 
So, yeah, he won that. We then had uh, more fan cam footage of the gangsters versus the uh, Bruce Brothers. Again, not massive fan of fan cam footage, so that's that. Especially this style match. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the running around, following them through the crowd as everyone jumps in the way and gets themselves over and blah, blah, blah. It's one of them. If, if you suffer from motion sickness, it's just not the one for you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. Um, I don't. I'm just saying it is. Brian Lee beating up uh, Terry Gordy with the spike in a match that yep. was um, Taz and Lee versus Gordy and Dreamer. Short thing, basically just showing sort of the feud continuing. Get promos by Brian Lee, Taz, Tommy Dreamer, um, all after the match. So basically, so Tommy Dreamer talked about bringing a partner in. And the thing yep. that's starting to annoy me with this is just quite simply, why the fuck is Taz not fighting Sabo at this point? Because Sabu's, you know, dodging him. Is, yeah, but, is the, but this is your interpretation, though. Yeah. This is well, it's, what, it's, what, it's what Taz is telling me. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's to a point where it's not even like, you know, there's a subtle, oh, he doesn't want to fight me. It's clear as day every week he's almost goading this guy and shouting about this guy in the ring to a point where you think, it's not a, a segment that Sabu may have missed and didn't know this was going on. This is happening during like Sabu matches and it makes no sense why. I know obviously the payoff is the payoff and is what it is, but at this point, it just uh, the whole like, oh, we built it for a year and they didn't touch each other for a year, but I don't know why. It's it's very interesting because it's all it feels familiar at this point, and it feels familiar because it, there's a similarity to another feud we've watched be built for all of this time, which is um, franchise and Ric Flair. I was literally about to say that. The difference there is, you know, Ric you, Flair you wondered had whether no idea. <laughs> he was in a feud yeah. with Shane Douglas, and yeah. this thing you wondered whether Ric Flair knew he was in a feud. And yeah. there's a certain degree where you wonder whether Sabu even recognises he's in a feud with, um, with uh, Taz, with Taz, because because he's not acknowledged it in any way, shape, or form. And to be fair, Taz hasn't targeted Sabu in any way, shape, or form. He's just called his name, scolded him. He's done his. Um thing but the promo he's like please be Sabu I'm begging you pick Sabu that's quite clear cut that he wants Sabu yeah you know and um, he's obviously doing Sabu's um, pose and that in the ring yeah doing it, I'm just saying it's just like I said I was going to say the, the Flair Douglas comparable because it makes sense but you just kind of sit and think at least Flair maybe legit had no idea and wasn't recording this wrestling show at 1am on a Thursday and whenever it was. Standing you know, next to him in the locker room. Yeah, exactly. When This is a harder thing because Taz is the match before him or the, the match after him and Taz is out there during the match and you, you think the Alfonso-Taz interference with the RVD thing would be enough for Sabu to sort of go kick the crap out of... Yeah. Yeah, you would. You'd think there was something in this that would have kind of pushed him over the edge. Yeah, and we're yet to see it. Yeah, I mean, 
obviously, you know, the whole sort of Fonzie goes with Sabu and all this. It's not a secret. So unless there's a, a big thing after where it was all part of it, but I don't think they'd go that deep into it. No. Um, but do you know what I mean? It's all part of the plan. He was never going to touch because it was always about that night on the biggest stage to embarrass Taz. Do you know what I mean? It was, if it was something like yeah. that and they revealed it afterwards going, he heard you for years. It was never about that. Our plan was to all get together and embarrass you on the biggest stage and what biggest stage in ECW's first pay-per-view to embarrass you. Then you think, oh, wow, that was the payoff. That's why you didn't touch him for nine months. But yeah, and I, I agree. I don't think I don't think we're really going to get that that nice an outcome. Um, who's the one guy who Taz told Dreamer that he might sort of, kind of, be scared of, but not really, and you don't even have his number, so it doesn't matter. So you, it's not like you're going to phone him because it doesn't matter. Um, I'm trying to think who it could be. I mean, I don't, I don't think, think it gets resolved and I don't think it gets, it feels like it was kind of one of those things. And then it was just, it just dropped because Funk's talked about a lot. Um, and, it, uh, Bam Bam's talked about a lot. Bam Bam Gordy. Yeah. Bam Bam Gordy. I mean, Dr. Death is obviously due in. I don't think there's ever really a crossover. No, he does. Um, he's Raven, isn't he? And then yeah, attack Exactly. Him and Raven and then the Miracle Violence take on the Eliminators. And apart from that, I don't know what other shots they do there. That's all over the same sort of time. So, but... I mean, it was just, it was just a very weird... Uh, and I... Uh... So there were a couple of things about this. The first, it was just a very weird promo. It was kind of this kind of talking head back and forward to each other about, yep. you know, well, uh, mate, I know exactly who I'm going to get as my partner. I know exactly who I'm going to bring in. To the, you can't bring him in. You don't even know him. And I said, I might be scared of him. I never said I was scared of him. I said, I might sweat him. I didn't say I was scared of him. But you don't even know him. So you're bluffing. That's fine. That's fine. It's fine. Um, well, you know, well, you, maybe I will. Maybe I will go and get him. Maybe that's who I'm bringing in. But you don't know him, so you can't bring him in. And then Taz walks in with a uh, Tommy Dreamer walks in with a piece of paper, which we don't get to see what it is. And what we find out is this locker room where Taz is cutting this promo is got has got people in it. Like, for instance, the franchise is there doing the pull apart for reasons. Well, Shane Douglas is already in the locker room. Yeah. So, and Shane Douglas, who hasn't actually fallen out with Tommy Dreamer yet. No, they haven't. They promised. He promised him, when one of us gets a singles titles, the others, you and the Sandman can have a shot, or me and you can have a shot. At the Sandman, it was a three-way promise, and they kept that promise, and they all had the three-way match. But they haven't actually fallen out. They're not like friend friends, but they haven't, you know. Fallen no, I mean out. he did. He did tell Tommy Dreamer that his girlfriend was cheating on him. Yeah, but Tommy got another girlfriend out of that so I think he's alright he didn't seem to be that fast which is it so yeah I, I find uh, I don't know is there a lot of um, you know head in the sand don't worry about that doesn't concern you uh, they're, they're so 
desperate to be shoe that it's not commonsensical. No, it just feels a lot of that was last segment. Don't worry about this one. It's fine. Yeah, but now we're real. Yeah. So really, he's hanging out in the locker room with Taz because really that's where they get dressed together. It always takes me back to when Kevin Sullivan had a promo trying to say that he's fighting in a shoot fight. Yeah. And you could tell he was just like, this is just ruining everything. Like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Our other seven matches have just been matches, but this is this one's like, this is real. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, so that all happens. We'll try and find out who has his partners over next week. That's into the show. We go to the 6th of August, 1996, episode 172. A lot of this we can skim through. Um, JT Smith comes out and basically introduces Kiss, which is the um, Stevie, Meanie, Nova, all come out dressed as Kiss. Doesn't make any sense. Obviously, network heavily edited. We saw the real version on YouTube. A lot more entertaining. Didn't mind Absolutely. it. Absolutely, um, Massive difference. Like we've said multiple times, the network with the themes, it'll never compete really. What I, what I did notice about this, interestingly, was um, JT Smith seemed to be over. Yeah. Um, the ECW hardcore faithful, this rabid fan base that they have, looking at JT Smith looking at Bubba Ray looking at some of these things they love a comedy angle but I don't think it's so much they love a comedy angle it's the fact that if you're different you stand out that's what we said yeah on an yeah. RH show there's a place for Colt Cabana because he's not doing high spot high spot yeah so you remember him and you get involved with his match more because it's the only thing different on the cards and that's not taken away from everyone else. But if you're seeing 700 Canadian destroyers in a night, the person who works the arm and does an arm bar, you think, oh, you're in an arm bar. Because as much as the other move is technically more impressive, it's diluted because you've seen it so much. Yeah, absolutely. It, when you've got everyone kicking the shit and smashing each other with chairs, as much as it's, you know, it's fantastic... The person who comes out and actually does the comedy thing is, you know, 10 seconds for you just to sit down and get your bearings and laugh. Yeah. A little bit of personality as well. Exactly. So I think it's just a little bit of details like that. But yeah, no, it's, it's a fun segment. Didn't truly understand it. Sandman came out. Um, Canes them all. Made no sense, but it was a bit of fun. So I didn't mind that. Yeah. Um, Devon versus Axel Rotten. So, so Salman, this is the point where Salman gets the injury angle. Oh, he hit in the eye, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, that's um, uh, So he's he's now taken away because uh, he's bleeding from the eye after being caned. Um, it's got feel I've, feel I've seen this. Always. Before, somewhere. Um, but at least they don't run from that, though. True. Um, yeah, so Devon versus Axel Rotten. This match, um, very quick. Basically, the other Dudleys come out. Bubba Ray with some brutal chair shots to Devon. Um, Devon obviously starts cleaning house, does some horrible chair shots to people to the back of the head, land on the floor. 
And the big dick is there screaming that Devon hits him. Devon still continues to not hit um, big dick Dudley. Ends up with Devon outside. And I think Axel Rotten symbols that they should be a team. Yes. And they are. They become a team. That was that. Which is, which is lovely. Yeah, Raven is now in the ring with Tyler Laurie and the rest of his motley crew. Can't wrestle. Um, basically, cuts a program on the Sandman, talking about his eye injury, saying you're faking the eye injury. Remember, you did it back in 94. We've seen it all before. You're a liar. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Stevie says, boss, don't worry, you're not resting tonight. I've got it covered. Todd Gordon comes out um, and says that Stevie signed the contract. Raven attacks Stevie. Todd kind of awkwardly shouts, stop, stop. Should be chuckling to myself. Yeah. Uh, it then leads to Stevie Richards versus Raven for the ECW heavyweight title. Stevie starts off a match with a Stevie kick from the top rope or something. That was crazy. Yeah. He just came flying out of nowhere. Um, decent showing here from Stevie. We've said about, you know, could it have been pushed higher? And I felt like he had a good a good match here with, with Sandman. Um, I think so. I I think he's, you know, I mean, he's been in and around this part title picture because of Raven more than anything. Yeah. Um, but I really do feel that, you know, you could have, if circumstances were different, you could have, you could have given him a little bit of a run, especially as a, as an output from his uh, feud with Raven. Yeah. If he hadn't had the, um, the neck injury and if Raven hadn't have gone to WCW when he had, I, I feel like this would have, the eventual feud would have been Stevie standing up to his boss and beating him. Yeah. It felt like it was going there eventually. But, um, yeah, so the match, um, loads of loaded boots. Missy comes in, gets hit with loaded boots, everything loaded boots. Raven hits Sam with a loaded boot. Eventually, Stevie, with the help of everyone, has the Sam beat. Raven puts Stevie off and pins him himself. So Raven technically beats the Sandman. Which I thought um, Sandman was going to win the title here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so did I. When, I when, when Stevie subbed, I thought that was the, that was the, the, the point. But yeah. that obviously is to come. Exactly. Then we get a four-way dance for the ECW tag team titles. Eliminators, Gangsters, Bruce Brothers, and Samoa Gangster Party. Um, it's everything you expect from this match. What do you think of the end? Um, I I didn't mind the end. Um, you know, so the, the 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 miscommunication and the big kick that leads to the the finish. Um, I guess uh, you know it gets Cronus's kick over hugely. Although, if it's that big that it can knock Saturn out for all that time, then where's it been? Um, I, I thought the Samoan Gags party were weird in this. Um, so they spent a big chunk of the match with with handcuffs on. Uh, really didn't do a lot and then were eliminated. So it was very weird how they were booked. Um, but, you know, the visual of, of the gangsters finally getting the uh, the titles, holding them up. Um, I thought was uh, quite impressive. It was, and um, it's time. I mean, it's time. Well, you know, they are the most popular uh, tag team 
ever in ECW. Yeah. But so, I think they probably really are, <laughs> in a weird way. Mm. I think they're thereabouts. I think they're there or thereabouts, but um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure they they've quite got to the the heady heights of of where um, the enemy were. It's true. Uh, and then jumping over to the 13th of August, 1996, episode 173 from Tokyo, Japan. This was fascinating and probably boring to talk about. Yeah. And like I said, there's not really a lot. Promo by Raven, promo by Terry Gordy, uh, Dreamer, interrupted yep. by Eliminators, promo by Eliminators, Eliminators versus... Um, um, Takeshi Oka and Okano, yeah, and Kayutsuki Yamada. There we go. Uh, they're trying to get the Eliminators over as the best tag team on the planet. Uh, yeah, um, I, I it was a good match. It was very weird watching uh, them watching ECW wrestlers in Corican Hall. Yep, um, it's uh, I could imagine that if you were not aware of Japanese wrestling in the way that we are now um, with it so available and so well known and so so respected now the silence of this match would have been really unnerving massively because it's that it's that Japanese respectful they watch and they clap rather than the raucous crowd that that ECW has kind of really kind of steered into so everyone being very i mean you know the the oohs and the ahs when cronus did his um uh springboard cart with spring springboard cartwheel into the the elbow back elbow yeah um was was amazing uh but uh, yeah it would have been incredibly different and if you were a japanese if you were an ecw fan watching this on the tv i don't know how you would have um found this it must be quite a, a weird uh, thing to, to suddenly see the people that you love in the match that you you love um, just kind of no real no no loud no no uh, traditional uh, reaction yeah I mean it's it's I said it's a big big shake up from your regular ECW show. And this is this would be a massive pitch for the, the the tape traders, I guess. So you, you would have your core ECW audience, but if you were just uh, a, a wrestling fan or just a fan flicking through and found this, you would be like, "Wow, this crowd's what's going on?" I assume. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, so we had that, and then we had Raven versus Tommy Dreamer for the ECW Heavyweight Title. Why not? Yeah, um, and the story of this match is Raven is going to do this on his own because he's not brought any of his flunkies with him. He's not brought Laurie. He's not brought Tyler. He's not brought Stevie or, or the Meanie. He's all on his own. Which, but the, the whole thing that I struggle with is the story. Every other week is Tommy Dreamer still trying to beat the crap out of Brian Lee to get to Raven. But when he can just hop on a plane for eight hours and fight him one on one with no interference, yeah. 
or okay. ex- ex- or that's yeah. how it's meant to be. Yeah, but um, do you know what I mean? It's, that's what's advertised, kind of. Yeah, and I mean, Raven's promo is, was very much, you know, and you finally got me on my own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, has has Tommy really been trying to fight to get past Brian Lee, or is it now a blood feud with Brian Lee because of triple table primetime slam things? Yeah, it's messy. Is it? Yeah. So it's that they're, they're, they're kind of parallel. They've not they given are. it an ending because they don't want to give it an ending because of, of the storytelling that they're trying to do. But at the same time, they're, they're not kind of linked, really. Mm, exactly. But I, I love this, um, this one purely for the fact it was different. Yep. In the set. And I love the fact that, it, you know, going back, it shows the networking that Heyman was trying to do. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, get, that, that was, international he, push. He was building relations. He was trying to bring in the international talent and stuff like that. And from that side, you think that's decent. Because obviously they get it eventually with FMW and there's a lot of crossovers there. So, but no, it's, it's good. Yeah, and they've, they've, they've dabbled before with like, you know, Wing and a few others. But, um, you know, it did make... ECW feel like a big deal because you've got like the, the huge Japanese crowds trying to queue to get Barbara Ray Dudley to sign his autograph and Tommy Dreamer to sign his autograph and, and things like that. So I, I, it did a lot for me. Um, you know, I've, I, I don't know much about IWA in Japan, um, but uh, I do know Corican Hall. And, and so it kind of had a, a good positive effect on me, I think. Um, and the match was fine. Um, it was kind of as these things are. Uh, the big surprise was that Stevie was in Japan. Um, so uh, got involved, um, as was the mini babe, which is a weird one to bring with you, I think, personally. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so uh, Raven manages to steal the win. Again, and poor Tommy still can't beat Raven. Yeah. Just um, crazy, but good Good few weeks. These, these yeah. few weeks of shows. Like that's what we said, everything's moving forward, but nothing's changed. So. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it. a bit of a weird bit in points, but um, yeah, as you said, enjoyable, I thought. Yeah, that's good. Um, I guess that brings us to the end of the show. It does. We have nothing more to talk about. Nothing more to talk about. All we do is tell people where to find us. And on social media, Twitter or Instagram, that is simply at underscore sports arena. That's us. I've just put up some of the ECW Jack's figure collection. It's worth a little look at. It's a very good collection. It's there. Worth a little, worth a little, like, little conversation. Still missing a few. So if you've got a classic series, Spike Dudley or Lance Storm, that you just want to give away for free, why not? I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not. Um, so, yeah, that's all good. And zazzle.co.uk um, or .com, simply search Sports Arena at the top. Check out some of the RECW and Sports Arena shirts. Have a dabble. Need a little bit of love. We'll get some new ones up there. But life's wild. 
but we'll get around to it all. And um, yeah, we might do a Royal Rumble recap show. Might do weekly other shows. Who knows? Big fans out. That's Smoky Mountain plan going. Is it still teasing? Still your, teasing. Can we get your weekly tease for that? 1990-something, and there's a wrestling <laughs> federation. <now. laughs> It'll get there. It's, it's, it's the motto. We'll all get there. It's only, we'll... limited, it's only limited run, so the tease has to be twice as long as the actual run. It's there's true. only 10 episodes on the, the, the network for me to watch. It'll be good. That could be, that's, that's a two-episode, though, that is. The right we go for them. Um, yeah, it's been great, guys. Thank you much for listening. Enjoy your week. Hope to see you again next week. Please like, subscribe, share. We are everywhere. Show some love. Get involved with the conversation. Talk extreme. We will always message back. I'm Paul. That's Jay. Peace out. Bye.